For this reflection on fasting, we're going to look at Christ's fasting and Christ's temptation in the Gospel of Luke. And so I'm just going to read for you a little bit from the Gospel, and then we'll kind of reflect on a few things from this passage. So the passage I'm reading is from Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 14. The scripture says this, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit for forty days in the wilderness, tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing in those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it shall all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem, and set, on, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will give his angels charge of you, to guard you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and a report concerning him went out through all the surrounding country. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So first I want to look at what are the temptations of Christ here? How does the devil tempt him and how does Christ respond? I think that's important because the devil is not creative. The devil knows that these things work uh, against us. These things are things that will tempt us. And so he uses them over and over again. And so the things that Christ is tempted to are also the things that the devil often tempts us to. So I want to look at those temptations. And then I want to look at Christ's fasting and his preparation to face them. So first, let's look at the temptations. What is the first temptation? Well, first of all, we know Christ has been fasting for 40 days in the wilderness, and he's hungry, is what the scripture says. And if you had fasted for 40 days, you also would be hungry. So this is a great, you know, we can identify with Christ in this way and his humanness. Um, but he's hungry. And so what's the first thing the devil tempts him with? He says, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread, food, eat. You know, you're hungry. Take care of that. And this is often a temptation for us, right? Bodily pleasure can become the focus of our lives. But what does Jesus say? He says, man shall not live by bread alone. He doesn't say bread isn't good, food isn't good, right? Bodily pleasure isn't good but that this is not the focus of man's life, that this is not the only sustaining thing in man's life. And if we know that scripture, we know that Jesus says just the first part, he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but the rest of the scripture says, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So there's more to, to man's life, there's more to our life than food, than bodily pleasure. But this is often the first thing that the devil will tempt us with. And if he can get us to stay here, our lives will be controlled by bodily pleasure. Bodily pleasure, um, you know, food, sex, just feeling good, right? These things are often these sort of nagging things, right? You know, your, your body says you're hungry, and so your mind is going, eat, 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 eat. And these things can sort of, can be very persistent desires. If we give into them over and over again, 
we'll never get beyond that. We'll never get to, to greater things, right? Desiring God, love, friendship. We never get beyond those things if we're stuck in the pursuit of bodily pleasure. The second temptation is the temptation to power. The devil takes him and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And he says, to you, I will give all this authority and their glory. So having power, having authority, right? Some people, you know, bodily pleasure, you know, is not necessarily the thing that drives them. But but the desire for power, the desire to be sort of over other people is a great temptation. People can be ascetic. They can sort of have control of their bodily pleasures, but still be tempted by power. And, you know, I'll give an example. And I think, you know, Father Nick will be very proud of this example. But Voldemort in Harry Potter is very much so tempted by power and control rather than bodily pleasure. Right? He, he's very ascetic. Uh, he knows how to have restraint. He knows how um, to not sort of act on an immediate desire. He's tempted by power. And interestingly, right, we see that the kingdoms of the world belong to the devil in some way. He says, it has been delivered to me and I give it to him I will. If you then will worship me, it shall all be yours. So what's the price, right, for power? Is to worship the devil, to lose our souls. And Christ responds to this. He says, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. So the, the goal of the Christian life in many ways is to um, allow God to have power over us, to allow him to direct us and not to seek power over him, not to seek power over others, but to give that up and to know that to God alone belongs power. So what's the third temptation? I think the third temptation is, is the temptation to, to glory or to honor. Not necessarily to, to power, to having control, but just to being seen, to being held up, to being admired by everyone. And we see this, the devil says to Christ, where he takes him to Jerusalem and sets him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will give his angels charge of you to guard you and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. So first being, you know, put on the, on the pinnacle of the temple, right? So the temple is a sort of center of, of Jewish society, the center of, of the Jewish world. Um, you know, it's sort of an economic center. It's a religious center. It's a political center in many ways. So being put on top of the temple in the center of society, right? Being seen by everyone, being looked up to literally by everyone, right? This is the temptation to glory, to honor. And even the, even then, to say that God is even looking to you, or the angels are even looking to you, right? They're sort of taking their whole their whole life to be to to watch out for you. This is the sort of idea of you know seeking glory over God, seeking glory over the angels. And that temptation to say you're even greater, you're even greater than than God. You're even greater than the angels who are always constantly looking to you, watching out for you. That temptation to to glory. And how does Jesus answer him? He says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Right? To God alone belongs glory. And so these are the three temptations of Christ. Temptation to bodily pleasure, right? to satisfy the flesh. The temptation to power and the temptation to glory or honor. I think these are all temptations that we face in small and large ways on a regular basis. These are the ways that the devil will tempt us. So this is a really important picture of the spiritual life. So how does Christ prepare for that? How does he um, face the devil? How does he face these temptations? He fasts, and he fasts being drawn by the Spirit. So I think this is really interesting. You know, I think we might we might look at it and go, oh, this is bad, right, for Christ to be tempted by the devil. It's bad to face temptation, right? This is a sort of low point in the spiritual life. But actually, 
This is something that is driven by the Holy Spirit. And that's the same for us. The Holy Spirit drives us to face temptation, to face the devil, to fast, to undergo this kind of wilderness experience. The scripture says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit for 40 days in the wilderness tempted by the devil. So this is a spirit-led thing. This is a, a normal part of the spiritual life, to fast and to enter into this period of temptation in different ways. And so in this way, fasting is a preparation to face Satan and his temptations and to rely on God, to learn not to rely on ourselves by our own power, but to rely on the Lord, to rely on his Holy Spirit, on his provision for us. And another, um, I think, just interesting thing too is this is how the Lord begins his ministry. Um, so Christ is baptized, and the scripture says a little, a few verses before that he's beginning his ministry at the age of 30 years old, and he begins by going away. He begins by going away into a period of solitude, into a period of fasting. And so fasting is for us a good beginning, a good beginning of ministry, a good beginning of evangelizing, right? That we go and spend time with the Lord. We go and learn to rely on him before we go into the world um, to bring others to Christ. And this is what the Lord does. This is how he shows us to live the spiritual life, to live the well, Christian life, is to go and to be alone with God to go and face our temptations, to go and face Satan, and learn to rely on the Lord to overcome those things.